Hey, you. Thank you for joining me for episode number 40 of Better Regulate Than Never. In my very early years of teaching and counseling, a book came across my desk that I used for many years. This book was called, or is called, What Kids Need to Succeed. And of course, in education, we are always wanting to figure out how to help students be more successful. What I loved about the book was that it didn't focus on academics, but 40 research-developed assets that helped determine the success of students. I feel like these assets are relevant today as well as they were 30 years ago. And I wanted you to know that these, what these assets are and help you to determine for yourself which ones you have in your life and what ones you may need to seek out or develop for yourself. This week, I'm going to focus on the external assets, and next week, we will talk about the internal ones. Of course, external means outside of ourselves. Today's assets will be things that we, that we should have in place around us to help us be successful. Now, remember, if you don't have any of these assets, or if you only have some, that doesn't really predict anything about you necessarily, because these assets can be added to your life, or you can advocate for yourself to get these assets in your life. But it does give you an idea of what you might need to strengthen in your life if you realize that you don't have one or some of these. The external assets are broken down into four categories. Support from your family, community, and school. Uh, Feeling empowered and feeling valued, safe, and respected. Boundaries and expectations from your family, community, school. Constructive use of your time, which is opportunities for activities outside of school that enhance your skills and abilities. I have added in the show notes a list of all 40 assets, the 20 external and the 20 internal. Years ago, I did an activity in classrooms where I had students fill out a framework quiz about all the 40 assets, and then I had signs around the room to designate different answers students might have. For instance, how many hours of TV do you watch a week? Now, I know this is dated because... Um, There's a lot more things that you can be involved in besides TV, but back in the 90s when we did this activity in the early 2000s, that was kind of like what people would do for their screen time. Um, But I would have signs around the room that said zero to two hours, two to five hours, five to 10 hours, and 10 plus hours. And then I would have the students walk to the sign that was closest to their answer. Then I would ask different questions of different groups. So maybe the group with the zero to two hours, I would say something like, is there a family rule about how much screen time you have? Or do you choose, you just choose not to watch because you don't really like it? And what do you do with your time instead? And for the large number of hours, like the 10 plus hours, I might ask, are you watching because you are bored? Uh, What could you do instead? Do you have any rules about how much TV you can watch at your house and so on? And then different kids would say things and you could get a really good idea about the students and then students could hear how rules happened at other people's homes. And it was kind of interesting. 
Um, so the whole class hour, we would explore different assets and I exposed the students to all of the assets. Um, but it would, it would really give me a good idea of what was going on with different students. And it usually really did correlate quite a bit with how successful they were in school. I proved the research to myself as I did the activity every hour and students enjoyed learning about their classmates. Let's take a look at each of the categories and what exactly they mean. You can also see how some of the sources of strength information match closely with this as well. Family support and communication are the first two under support. Do you feel loved and safe with your family? And is the communication in your family loving and supportive of you? This is an external asset because you have no control over what family you are born into or how your parents treat you, but how you are treated is important in helping you grow up in healthy ways. Having loving support from your family helps you to be more resilient and determined to be successful. Now, if you remember sources of strength, and that was in episode number 30, if you need to go back and listen to that, um, this asset would fall under the family support wedge piece. Remember, if you listen to that episode, or if you need to go back and listen to it, the sources of strength are kind of like a pie, and each wedge is a different source of strength that helps us to be healthy. And so family support is one of the wedges. The next part of support is all the other adults in your life. How caring and safe is your community and school? And lastly, how your parents are involved with your school. Again, you have no control over what school you go to or what community you live in, or if your parents are involved with your school, but all of these factors help support you in your development. On the sources of strength wheel, this would be wedges, mentors, and maybe positive friends. Because if you live in a caring community or go to a caring school, you probably have or can find positive friends. In working in education for 30 years, I see how and why all of these things are so important to a student's success. You might not understand why it's important for your family to be involved with your school. The most successful students are the ones whose parents are checking their grades and asking about their homework. And they also, those parents also check with the teachers to see what's going on at school. Those parents check the school calendar for events and know what things are going on at school so that they can help support any of those activities. The next category is empowerment. And that includes, do you feel valued and safe in your community? Are youth in your community given roles in the community? And are they serving in the community at least one hour per week? And if your neighborhood and school are safe, and if you feel safe in those areas. Now, those would be sources of strength wedges, generosity and healthy activities. Volunteering or helping your neighbors would be healthy activities and generosity. When you are helping others, you are less focused on what you don't like about your own life. If you are seen in your community as helpful, then adults will treat you with respect. Sometimes adults forget how much youth can contribute to the community. Show the adults how meaningful it is to have you be part of everything. Teach the adults how to treat the youth in your community. I am sure that you can see how empowering this would be. 
The next category is boundaries and expectations. Now, these are boundaries and expectations that your family has for you, your community has for you, your school has for you, and other adults in your community. It also encompasses positive friendships and high expectations for all of those groups. This wedge and sources of strength would be positive friends and mentors. We already mentioned those, but this category fits those as well. Boundaries and expectations are important for proper development of all young people. It is good to know what is acceptable and what isn't, and what the consequences to your behavior will be if those expectations are not met. Again, you don't have any control over whether those ex- what are those expectations or boundaries, and if they're good or harmful. And I hope that you will reach out to trusted adults if you feel like those are not in place or if your expectations and boundaries are harmful. Most young people do not like rules, but they are smart enough to realize why it is important to have them and when they have gone too far. Talk to the adults in your life and see if you can't have a compromise if you feel like your restrictions or your boundaries and expectations are too restrictive. Sometimes a deal can be worked out with adults. One of the things that I was thinking about as I was just writing this and, and talking about this part of it was I had a student this year only for a week and a half. He moved in and had to move out quickly. And um, he used a lot of bad language, a lot of cussing. And he got in trouble one day from a teacher who said he shouldn't use that language. So he came to me because he was upset. And he said, "Um, I don't want the teacher to tell me how I can talk. Like I can talk however I want to. Um, And he said, I can guarantee you that every student in the school cusses. Now I'm sure that's that's like a little more overgeneralizing about how much cussing goes on. But I agree that probably every student at some point uses a cuss word or a lot of cuss words. But most people understand that, or most students understand that, yes, I might cuss around my friends or when I'm out in the community, but I don't cuss when I'm at school or in front of my teachers or probably in front of my parents or grandparents. And it's kind of like, When we go to the beach, we wear a swimsuit and it's totally acceptable to do that because we're at the beach, we're at the swimming pool, but we wouldn't wear a swimsuit to school because that's not acceptable. And so that's the same way with language. So that's how I explained it to him that, um, yes, you can use that language because you choose to, but you might want to change when you're using that language based on where you are, just like you wouldn't wear a swimsuit to school. And he seemed to understand that. And actually in one of like a day or two later, he told me he was really trying to work on that. So I think that's a good way to look at it that, you know, we're not, I also explained to him that probably every adult cussed at some point, but we choose not to cuss when we're at work because that's not acceptable in that area. So that's kind of like those boundaries and expectations that We know what they are. There are boundaries and expectations and they're good for us and that we are willing to follow them um, to be able to navigate our spaces. It is important to have friends that have boundaries as well. 
It is hard to navigate friendships if you have rules and expectations, but your friends don't seem to have the same guidance and support from their parents. You may need to invite your friends to your house so that you can both be supervised by your family or vice versa if your family does not set limits for you. Every time I wished my parents were more permissive, like so-and-so's parents, um, later I, something would happen and I would realize that the rules that my parents had in place for me were actually good for me, even though I didn't like them or didn't want to follow them. As young people are growing up, it's good to have adults that do some of the thinking for you. Your brain is not fully mature until age 26, so a lot of mistakes can be avoided with more mature thinking. So let the adults do some of the heavy lifting with those kinds of decisions. Even if if it isn't what you want, trust that the adults in your life are trying to protect you from extra suffering. The last category today is constructive use of time. This can be creative activities, sports, clubs, jobs, religious activities, and just your free time. Have you heard the phrase, idle hands are the devil's workshop? (laughs) I don't really like that phrase that much, but it kind of fits for this because it just means that when young people don't have anything to occupy their time, they will probably be more likely to make poor choices. I just heard a story this week of several teenage boys out for summer break, didn't have anything to do one afternoon, so they broke into an unoccupied diner and they started breaking dishes against the wall. If these boys would have had music lessons, sports, a job, a club, a church meeting, anything that they could be engaged in, they would not have had to think of what can I do? That is where many young people end up getting caught up in things that they wish later they didn't do. Now, I don't think that every hour of your day needs to be organized and planned, but it is helpful if adults have planned some of your time so that you have other obligations and things to do. If you have other things to do, you will be less likely walking around trying to find something to do. That is when trouble finds you. When my kids were growing up, we lived in a small town that was very safe, and my kids could go outside after lunch and play around the neighborhood until it was time for supper. We had an all-town siren that blew every day at 7 a.m., noon, 1 p.m., and 6 p.m., and my kids knew that when the whistle blew at 6 o'clock p.m. that they were to come home for supper. So one summer afternoon, my son went out after lunch to play with a neighbor, and I cleaned up after lunch and probably sat down to read for the afternoon. And I'm not sure if Jake came home at six when the whistle blew or before, but when he got home, he was covered with tar. He and his neighborhood friend had went into a garage and found the cans of tar They opened them and wiped tar around the garage as well and got it all over themselves. They decided to walk to a pond and try to wash it off, but realized it doesn't wash off. And that was another dangerous decision for Jake because he didn't know how to swim at the time. When he came home, he knew he was going to get into trouble because there was no way to conceal what happened. And we had to use turpentine or gasoline, I don't remember, to get the tar off. And thank goodness the garage owner didn't press charges. 
That is an example of young people not having anything better to do, so the idea they came up with was not a good one. I know some neighborhoods where bad decisions are happening every day with younger and younger people. If you grow up in that kind of environment, you don't realize that this isn't the way to plan your free time. This probably says a lot about me as a parent also that I didn't have something organized for him to do that kept his mind and body active with healthy, positive things. (laughs) I did the best I could. See episode number seven about parents doing the best that they can do. But you don't control if your parents or your community give you any expectations or boundaries. But if they don't, you may want to try to give yourself some. That can be hard to do, but try to plan some time in the day where you have constructive things to do so that you're not looking around for something else to do. The outcome of that could be disastrous. I want you to enjoy your summer, but spend, but not spend it in trouble with your parents or worse yet with the law. Next week, we are going to finish the 40 developmental assets, and that will be the 20 that are internal. So that means ones that you do have control over. Please send me your questions by email or message me on my Facebook business page for Better Regulate Than Never. While you are there, like the page if you haven't already. I update that page each week with the newest episode. Every day, you get to choose your thoughts. Choose wisely. Talk to you soon.